Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Welcome back to the Autism Helper Podcast. I am so excited for you to hear today's interview because you are just going to love him. So today I'm sharing my interview with Carrie Magro, who I'm sure you all already know and love. Carrie is an award-winning national speaker and best-selling author. Carrie received his doctorate in educational technology leadership and is the CEO and founder of KFM Making a Difference, a nonprofit corporation focused on disability advocacy and housing. Now, Carrie had an interesting and inspiring journey to get to the amazing position he's in today. Carrie was nonverbal at two and a half and diagnosed with autism at age four. Now, Carrie is an advocate of the disability community and shares a lot about his journey and his perspective on what got him to where he is today. I am so excited to share this interview with Carrie. We talk a lot about autistic adults and their role in our community, everything that he's doing to help companies make those appropriate accommodations for their employees, and so much more. I'm not even going to keep introing it because I just want you to hear from him. So without further ado, let's go to our chat with Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am really looking forward to chatting with you. But first, big, big congrats on your new book, Autistics on Autism. I was just telling Carrie before the interview, I just started it this morning, and I can't wait to get back and finish reading it. Well, thank you so much. It was a labor of love project. Uh, Gained the opportunity to highlight not only my story, but the stories of 99 other autistic adults 
Uh, many of them that we've given scholarships to pursue post-secondary, uh, it, it, it was really a dream come true. And having all the proceeds from the book actually go back to our nonprofit to pay it forward to some of these amazing students. I mean, it's it's definitely my favorite book I, I, I've I've done so far. What prompted that idea? What sparked that idea for this book? So I started a nonprofit in 2013, and I was kind of still trying to figure out my footing in in college. I was uh, pursuing my master's uh, so I could go into a career in public speaking. And the scholarship idea came around because I knew a lot of kids I was mentoring who were having difficulty receiving scholarship aid. So years later, we started asking all the students to write essays about their journey growing up with autism. And I remember during my journey, I remember there was a few moms who had autistic children who were like, these stories are really good, Carrie. You you should turn this into a tell-all. And I never thought about it. So that kind of inspired me to gather the essays all together and getting the approval of all the uh, autistic adults led to this this compilation of uh, a very wide spectrum of kids in, in a wide range of fields, being able to share what helped them growing up and pursuing their dreams up to this point. I think that's what I really love about it is all of the different stories and the different journeys people took and different types of obstacles. Like everything is so unique, but kind of having that common thread is is really great to read from so many perspectives. Yeah, and it's the the perspectives go from everything from we have a few people who are in STEM, we we have somebody who is pursuing opera singing, we have another person who is uh, pursuing becoming a lawyer, we have a Division One uh, college uh, football player as well. So I mean, we have all these fast people with so many great accomplishments. And then we also just have kids who are, are, are still trying to figure out what they want to do in their lives. Like many of us, it's like, I don't even know what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> so it's yeah. like be, being able to have so many different perspectives, I think it's going to be relatable to a lot of people who end up reading the book, regardless uh, if they have autism or not. Yeah. Finding that opportunity of one story to connect with, right? Seeing yourself in someone else. That's always kind of the joy, I think, of reading in general, but like, especially with this type of book and getting that connection piece. Yeah. And, and we've already gotten some great reviews from people who have said the the same thing that, that you're saying that they've, that they were able to resonate with the people in engineering uh, because they had similar jobs. And I, ironically enough, we had one person who was saying, huh, I, I'm kind of in the in the same career path in my life. And I've always thought that there was something different about myself. Maybe I should have a larger conversation about receiving a diagnosis in adulthood. So I, I mean, I hope this book is just a powerful way of also discussing the topic of adult autism because we're seeing more and more people actually receive diagnoses in adulthood today. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting ahead of myself because I was just going to ask you a question about that, but, and I'm, I'm like going off into the detour about your book, but let's, let's rewind for those that don't know you yet. Um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story and your background and kind of what, what got you to this point here today. Yeah, sure. So I, I have a very personal uh, passion behind this cause uh, growing up with autism. I was uh, non-speaking until I was two and a half. 
uh, later diagnosed with autism at four, and I dealt with a lot of communication challenges. I didn't start speaking until I was seven years old. Had a lot of sensory challenges, but uh, because of the love and support of my village, which comprised family, educators, and so many other incredible people, I was able to overcome many of my obstacles. And uh, today I've been a full-time public speaker, one of the first uh, autistic uh, professionally certified public speakers in the country, uh, gain the opportunity to travel the globe and talk about autism and inclusion and a wide range of topics impacting our disability community while continuing to write books. Writing has always been a passion of mine. And also working with our entertainment industry, uh, this will be the first podcast that I'm actually on where I'll be able to share the news that I'm also working in a consultant role on the next season of Love on the Spectrum. So uh, oh, I'm really, really cool. excited for that opportunity as well, uh, because theater was something to help me tremendously growing up on the autism spectrum and uh, being able to find my voice. So Awesome. Yeah, you are a busy guy. <laughs> coffee, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Same. <laughs> Um, you know, most of my audience uh, are comprised of educators and clinicians. And, you know, you spoke a little bit about your village and, you know, obviously support of your family. But thinking about important teachers in your lives, what what are some things that really helped support you on your journey that teachers did that maybe some of our audience can kind of learn from and help support their students? It's it, it's going to sound very vague, but I, I continue to really emphasize teaching the way a student learns. I think if we have teachers who are listening in today who hold uh, leadership positions in your schools, definitely continue to advocate for your school districts on um, lower uh, student to teacher ratios so there can be more one-on-one attention because uh, that was – I saw – a huge increase in my development when I moved from a public school setting to a private school setting where the student to teacher ratio went from 25 to one to eight to one on average. And that was really when I was able to really reach a lot of developmental milestones that I wasn't reaching in in public school. And I I think that is one thing that I I really try to emphasize with educators, because, I mean, we we often talk about the spectrum that there's no two people who are going to be alike. It's it's if you met one, you met one. So really just try to meet a student where they are in their own development. I know Common Core uh, leads to a little bit of limitations when it comes to that spectrum. But when you can emphasize what you can when it comes to their own development. Yeah, that's great advice. And yeah, it, obviously things get really complicated with standards and large class sizes, but there's always, I think, the next level we could be doing to make education more student driven and student focused as opposed to the reverse. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and when you're actually doing that, it gives you the opportunity to figure out what type of learner they are. I feel like a lot of people stereotypically think that people with autism are uh, visual learners because we have Temple Grandin and uh, we, we have, unfortunately, Raymond in the 80s where everyone thinks that everyone with autism has a photogenic memory and every <laughs> single person you meet with autism is going to be a visual learner. Now, don't get me wrong, visuals are important. 
But we, I know so many kids I work with as a consultant for parents who are kinetic learners, who are auditory learners. So we have to keep that mindset of realizing it is a spectrum and try to learn based on what our kids' uh, strengths are and, and how they learn because it's no two kids are alike. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is such a common misconception to like jump to that visual component right away. Um, and, and I love how, how Temple Grandin talks a lot about not only her own learning style, but all of the different learning styles that she's learned about and learned how others learned instead of kind of this overgeneralization. And, and I myself am a visual learner, so I sometimes have a hard time understanding how people aren't visual learners. But yeah, but getting really in touch with that learning style is going to just really open up so many opportunities. And, and yeah, that can be tricky when with education looking the way it is right now. But once you kind of figure that out, the, the road's easier for everyone, like teachers and students alike. Yeah. And then meeting goals as part of the, the IEP process. I mean, it, it just makes every single road towards that student's education so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. So switching gears a little bit, you know, you mentioned this earlier, talking a lot about, you know, a lot of your public speaking right now is looking at, um, autistic adults and their role in our community, in the workplace. And you shared, I think it was a TikTok or a reel recently about a session you did about autism and employment. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to listen to the rest of that session <laughs> because nobody's talking about this. Like nobody is talking about where all of these teenagers and kids are going to go in a few years and current adults are going now. Can you share yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, and, and and that was a big inspiration behind the book as well. Uh, we know so many individuals who were not only in STEM-related jobs, but were branching out and were trying other jobs as well. I, I continue and to be shocked by the fact that the majority of autistic adults are either unemployed or underemployed. When I know so many of my amazing mentees who, for the most part, are young adults, they have tremendous abilities when it comes to one-on-one -on -one projects. And I, I, I said this in, 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 I think in the, in the talk, which I recorded the, the first minute or so for that TikTok, uh, it's, it's not about what, um, a company can do for an autistic person. It's what an autistic person can do for that company. Autistic individuals on average are likely to stay at a job longer they are more likely to take less time off from work and most reasonable accommodations. A lot of companies kind of hesitate when they hear about autistic employment because they're thinking about the bottom line. When we talk about reasonable accommodations, the majority of reasonable accommodations actually cost nothing. So mm -hmm. we, yeah. we, we, we need to fix the mindset we have on this topic of employment and realize the ROI benefits of hiring talented autistic people in the workplace. Yeah. That quote is like really resonated with me. Like what, what it's, you know, reversing it, like what can they do for your company? Cause they're going potentially to bring so many strengths depending on skill sets and can be matched so nicely with different jobs, but there's just maybe some misconceptions on, yeah, what those accommodations would look like and how much that would cost and how much time that would be, because obviously that becomes important. But I love that you're speaking on this. And I love that you're going into companies and talking about this, because that's where it's going to have to start on, on companies that are going to start this hiring process. 
Yeah, well, it 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 was so interesting because a few years ago, I I was speaking directly, like ninety to ninety five percent of my referrals were in K through twelve, and speaking as part of student assemblies, and then as part of staff uh, staff development, and then also CPAC presentations, and then all of a sudden. I realized, I mean, so many of my mentees were growing up before my very eyes and becoming adults, and they were looking for employment opportunities. They weren't necessarily going into post-secondary right out of high school. And it really inspired me to push the companies that I knew into trying to provide more professional development opportunities for not only senior leadership, but also gain the opportunity to just educate employees. Most Companies, small and big, have some form of professional development budget to have speakers come in. And I realized, I mean, we're we're right now, for example, Women's History Month, I saw so many presentations that were focused on Women's History Month and women leadership, and I thought that was amazing. And with April coming up, a few years ago, it just inspired me, and it said, you know, we, we have this problem going on in our community. How can we solve it? And how can we actually go into more companies? And that's kind of what inspired me into doing lunch and learns, coffee and chats. And uh, we have, uh, I, I believe, 12 professional development uh, talks lined up in April this year. So we're, we're keeping the that's momentum great. going and we're trying to make an impact in our young autistic adult lives. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. advice do you have for parents that are supporting their kids as they make this transition, you know, from grade school to high school and then beyond on how to help find employment opportunities? I know that's something, you know, so many families I've worked with have struggled with. And a lot of it is, you know, based on your local resources. But what advice do you have for parents that are helping support their kids in this process? Well, one of the most important things I tell the parents is make sure that your child is receiving transitional services as part of their IEP, because when we look at those transitional goals, one of the things that's supposed to be looked at is what will my child's future look like after high school? And is he looking at post-secondary? Is he or her looking at employment opportunities and what that looks like to build on actual skills as part of the IEP process that can help that individual as they transition out of high school. So resume building, vocational skills as part of the IEP transitional, uh, transitional planning is supposed to start in most states at 14 and some states 16. So really, really important to be a huge, huge advocate in those IEP meetings and to actually discuss this topic. Because I, when I was in school, especially just transitioning to high school, I never received any of that. So when mm-hmm. I went to college, I thought I was going to receive a IEP in college, which should never happen to any yeah. <laughs> person. It's like, that's 
it's blasphemy. So I, I think it's important. That's the big, big goal. And if you're really nervous about that process, definitely research IEP coaches uh, because there's so many IEP coaches that are coming out of the woodwork and providing uh, services uh, in, in many uh, local areas today to help. Yeah, it's so having that advocate is so, so helpful. I, I kind of had a very humbling experience this year of being on the parent side of a school, a somewhat not, I wouldn't say conflict-based, but a not so pleasant school meeting for my own child. You know, I've been on the side of the teacher. I've been on the side of the advocate. I've never been the parent. And I was like, oh, this, even with my background, this doesn't feel so great. Like I would have liked to have someone with me, you know? So that's, that's really good advice on, on finding an advocate to help you navigate that transition plan. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's it, it's just part of the process. And I a few years ago, when I was starting to do uh, IEP coaching for the first time, I really didn't even understand the and grasp the definition of an advocate. So I was looking at Rights Law website, rightslaw.com, and I was reading more about the role uh, that these individuals have. And it's truly, truly remarkable. Um, because a, a lot of the times when you go in the IEP process, you'll, you, they, they don't even mention that you can have anyone be part of the IEP team, family members, mm-hmm. friends who, who really understand the child. So it, it really does take a village. Oh yeah. There's so, I mean, there's so many nuances to an IEP and, and, and just expecting that a parent is going to understand that all is, is, you know, insane. Parents have their own jobs and lives and everything going on. So that's such a great resource. And I, and I like that you mentioned, you know, that that transition plan starts early because, you know, at 14, it feels like, oh, well, we, we have so much time and we'll figure it out. But man, those years go by real quick. And suddenly, you know, it's, it's time, like all services are gone all of a sudden. And what are we going to do after on our 22nd birthday? And what does the rest of my life look like? So even though it feels like 14 is so early, we have all this time starting that conversation is so important. Yeah. And, and, and I know some parents who are obviously overwhelmed when it comes to having those conversations because they're, they're dealing with a child who might be going through challenges with, with puberty and being able to kind of navigate that while also at the same time realizing the the end goal uh, for a child. That's why I always, when I'm talking to my mentees, I ask them to really try to build on self-reflection and self-awareness to hopefully nurture their strengths, but also to to realize what they potentially could do uh, for potential careers one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, because that's where we're going to, I mean, for everyone, that's where we're going to be most happy in life if you're working in your area of strength and your area of interest. And as soon as you can, you know, figure that out, which to any 14-year-old is like, what? I don't know what I want to do. But to any 18-year-old or 30-year-old sometimes, you know, thinking about what that looks like. But getting in touch with that will, the sooner you can, is going to kind of open up some of those doors and opportunities. Exactly. I couldn't say it better myself. So you mentioned your scholarships. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I'd love for everyone to hear a little bit more about your scholarship program. Sure. So I I started making a difference for autism scholarship program in 2013. Uh, Again, this was kind of just 
uh, I, I was looking online. I was hearing it for the first time about a 501c3, which is a nonprofit organization. And I was kind of like, all right, this sounds really fun. I should have my own. And I was a college <laughs> student. And I did realize the amount of paperwork that was going to have to go into uh, a 501c3, but uh, I, I, I kind of just stuck to it for 18 months until I finally got um, the certification. And then one of the first initiatives I started was the scholarship program. And it just started out as just a simple essay process of just telling us what you would like the world to know about you. Very small essay uh, for either incoming uh, students who are just graduating uh, high school and going to college or current uh, college students who are pursuing a post-secondary education in the next academic year. And uh, it just grew like wildfire. It, it was just, there was a need. And so mm -hmm. many parents were reaching out to me looking for that aid uh, that we made it into an annual thing. So every spring we uh, give it out. Our, our next application is due on April 30th of this year. And uh, we already have 40 applicants. Last year, we had 93 apply, and we were able to give out, I believe it was 16. So uh, that ended up leading us to the number of uh, 100, again, partial scholarships, not full, full rides, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully, maybe one day we'll be able to get to that amount. <laughs> College is very expensive, uh, yes, but, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, but uh, being able to uh, provide uh, opportunities for some amazing students to receive aid. That's great. I'm going to put the link to that in our show notes because I'm sure there are some um, parents and individuals that are interested in that because they're, I mean, obviously you're fitting a huge need because you're seeing such a great response to it. Yeah. And we've, we've had over the years, 250 applicants who have just gone to our website, kfmmakingdifference.org, and have applied. And uh, it's it's just been remarkable to see the amount of stories in our community because I feel like sometimes we we hear so much from the Temple Grandins of the world, the the who don't get me wrong, is incredible. I mean, she's a near and dear friend today, uh, but. At, in terms of the the, the young generation, it's it, it feels like sometimes there, there's a little hesitancy even to even go about uh, self advocating for 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 their needs and speaking up about uh, autism. So it's been remarkable to see 250 amazing self advocates so open and just wanting to just share about their diagnosis and in, in the hopes of educating others. Yeah, I'm hoping kind of, you know, we've seen like a, a little bit of a shift in the last few years. And, you know, I'm sure you are, um, it, you are partially to credit for that, which is great on this more openness and willingness to self-advocate, to be, you know, more comfortable sharing about your diagnosis. And I hope that then we'll see more individuals apply for grants and stand up in their workplace and ask for accommodations that would help them be successful. Do you is, do you kind of see that shift happening a little bit with that increased like comfort and familiarity with this? Yeah. I mean, I've even seen it to a little bit more of the sense of how we use our messaging around autism. So when I was growing up, people would always say person with autism. And I was kind of taught to always put the person before the disability. And 
especially in the past few years, I feel like our community is really grasping the term neurodiversity and are really having larger conversations about really embracing that a lot of people who are on the spectrum consider autism as an integral part of who they are. And by taking it away uh, would definitely do some damage. We, When I was just starting off in my career in uh, autism advocacy, there was still a lot of organizations that were focused on the cure and were yeah. focused on uh, the, the, the whole research end. But, but I think now what we're seeing in our community is really embracing this identity first language and embracing autism acceptance along with awareness. Um, groups such as the Autism Society of America, even where I, I'm grateful to serve on the uh, Council of Autistic Advisors as part of their organization have pivoted the conversation from Autism Awareness Month to Autism Acceptance Month as of last year, because they realized that so many individuals just want to be accepted. Um, so I hope that now that we're seeing that, especially I would say in the past three or four years, it will lead to more open and honest conversations with companies. Hopefully it will lead to more individuals disclosing their diagnosis in post-secondary and also in employment as well. And, uh, you know, we, we won't be so taboo when it comes to the uh, topic of autism in our society. Yeah, it's really exciting to see, you know, from, I mean, I, you know, an outside perspective and watching it all happen, it's been to me really exciting. And it's been exciting to learn more as an educator on, on this whole kind of shift as well. So I, I think it's, it's to me really exciting. And this like April is kind of this prompt every year to like renewed talk about it. Um, but it, it, to me, it's very exciting. Yep. I agree. Um, we'll, we'll just make sure that hopefully April will go by smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> right. With, with, with It'll the be busy. spectrum. Yeah, no, it will be busy. Uh, with the spectrum, it's, you know, we, we, we always have a lot of differing opinions on a wide range of topics. So uh, I'm just hoping for some kumbaya and uh, to, to get through uh, April as best we can. And um, we, we, we have 27 speaking engagements lined up in April. So it will, be, uh, it will be a very busy time, but it's one of the months we look forward to every year. Great. Well, I have to say, you know, I truly love about your social media presence. I've, I've learned quite a bit from you, but I like that, you know, you kind of accept everyone with grace, that there are a lot of opinions and we're not going to kind of shut down people's opinions at first read or at first glance and kind of being really in this kind of educator role on supporting people as they're shifting their mindset. So I have to say, I think you do such a great job of that on your social media platform, sharing in an honest and I don't know if the word, the phrase is right, but not harsh way. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I see so much toxicity when it comes to social media and autism. Sometimes we, we were featured on the today shows website uh, two years ago in this feature piece, which had, uh, individuals such as Kate Swenson from Finding Cooper's Voice, uh, Eileen Lamb from the Autism Cafe, and it the title was Autism Wars. 
And it talked about all of our differing opinions on a wide range of topics between high-functioning autism, low-functioning autism. And at, at the end of the day, I am really at the point where if I can just be a, a kind of liaison for all of these different communities so we can really emphasize our primary goal as a community, in my opinion, should be that we're really just providing reliable autism resources across the lifespan for our community. So we are talking about not only level one ASD, but we're also talking about those people who are impacted by level two and level three ASD. Because uh, I feel like sometimes we have a very actually autistic community where, don't get me wrong, uh, many of them are incredible, but also at the same time, sometimes I, I feel like they sometimes miss those individuals who are going to need 24 seven care for the, the rest of their lives. So on my Facebook page, I really try to emphasize the overall spectrum of autism and make sure everyone gets a opportunity to have their, their story brought to the table. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you do so in a beautiful way. So, you know, truly thank you for sharing, you know, your perspective and your opinions. Cause I mean, that's a, it's a hard job putting yourself out there on social media and you are definitely, um, so valued in this community. So thank you for that. Really appreciate that. <laughs> well, kind of wrapping up here, where, where, as, as we talk about social media, where can people go to, to learn more from you and to learn about your, your books and your sessions? Absolutely. So uh, if anyone knows of a company uh, that's interested in doing any form of professional development, that's kind of my full-time job right now. So you could go to my website, which is just carrymagro.com. Uh, you can send me a speaker inquiry form for more information on what that looks like. Uh, in addition to that, I'm all over social media. You can uh, learn about my um my, my journey a little bit more on Facebook, which is just Carrie's autism journey. And then on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Carrie Magro. I also have a YouTube page at also at Carrie's autism journey. And uh, you could also learn about uh, my four books on Amazon, uh, which are defining autism from the heart, which is about self-advocacy, autism and falling in love, which is about relationships. I Will Light Up Blue, which is a children's book about helping children navigate their diagnosis. And then um, my most recent book, Autistics on Autism, uh, which uh, came out on March 29th. And uh, we're really excited about just all those projects and uh, really excited for April too. And to have the opportunity to talk to you a little bit today, Sasha. Well, great. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so, so much again for having me. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum, everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.